Bibles tonight, if you would please, to the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. I suppose that James helped me as much to understand uh, some things, spiritual things, as any book in the Bible. And one of the things it helped me to understand was the book of Romans. It gives you the plan of salvation, how to be saved by God's grace. And in James, because I was brought up in um, a church that believed that you could lose your salvation after you got saved, and the uh, book of James, if, you're not, if you don't understand uh, the difference between works and grace in salvation, you can get them mixed up when you read the book of James. But what, what you've got to understand is that the book of Romans gives you the simple plan of salvation, how to be saved. Then the book of James comes along and it's talking about showing you salvation. And so it's not saying that you don't do these things because you're saved that you don't you're not saved it's just simply saying that if you're truly born again then you're going to do some things that people from the outside can see that you're a Christian and by the way you can know Christians amen and the Bible lets us know that and these are the way you do it now James chapter 1 I'll begin to read in verse 16 do not err my beloved brother Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, and coming down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brother, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity uh, of naughtiness, and receive of meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Father, will you bless now the reading and studying of thy word? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse 16 says, Do not hear my beloved brethren. What he's simply saying is here, do make no mistake, know for sure. Uh, this verse could refer to the verse just before that, verse 14 and 15. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Now, but uh, again, verse 14, we're to make no mistake about the origin of sin then. comes from our lust. Verse 15, we're to make no mistake about the results of sin. It will bring death. Now, when it is finished, it brings forth death. Uh, it could also refer to verse 17. Look at it. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and come down from the Father above. Now, we're to make no mistake or error about the fact that God is the author of all good then. So you find, first of all, uh, where the origin of sin is. It comes from the lust of our flesh. And then you find out the results of sin in the flesh. It brings forth death. And then you find out in verse 17 that if there's anything good that happens to us at all, we've got to give God the credit for it. Amen? Because everything that comes from God is good. 
Now, we as children of God are to always know and remember every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And God is the author of good then, which means any solicitation to do evil comes from the devil then, who is the tempter, the author of lust, the enticer of men, but never from God. Now, uh, you ever you remember what it said the devil that that um, comedian years ago? He used to have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder. He said the devil made me do it. Well, I tell you the truth, your flesh makes you do it. But you got to understand something. Every good thing we enjoy comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no verbness, neither shadow of turning. What that simply means is. God is a God of light. There is no shadow around Him. You can't hide from Him. You can't get in the shadow. You can't hide from God. He's truth. He's life. He'll uncover everything. Now, God changes not. So we can depend upon God then. God loves you so much that He gave His Son, the Lord Jesus, down on the cross for us. He loved you then. He still loves you. And now, and a million years from now, He'll love you the same, according to Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. David said in Psalms 103 verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Every benefit of life, every good gift, and every perfect gift comes from God then. God is the giver of physical life and all that is included in it. God is a giver of spiritual life and all that it takes to provide it. He gives us eternal life through faith in His Son. He's the giver of spiritual birth and spiritual life. Psalms 145 verse 9. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. Now what this is saying is, remember something now, He's the giver of spiritual life. Then you don't earn it. Now James is talking about here, show me thy faith by the works that you do. And, and a lot of religion get this mixed up is you got to do some things to get saved. No, you don't. A spiritual life is a gift of God. But James comes along and says, because you have spiritual life, these things you're going to do. Now Romans 2 and verse 4 says, Despises thou the riches of his goodness? and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And Second Peter 3, verse 9, God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, here's, here's what, one of the things I want to show you tonight. We have things happen to us and we think they're bad. I mean, now remember, I'm talking to Christians. Christians have things happen to us and we say, boy, those are bad. But not really. If you when, it, when it's all over with, when God gets to the end of it, He's trying to get your attention to bless you, because all good things come above. God's not going to do you bad. I I know that when I was a little boy, I used to think, and the preacher t- would preach, and I would think after I heard him preach, that God's up there in heaven somewhere with a big old bat waiting for me to do the least little thong thing wrong, and He's going to walk me over the head with it. He's going to get me. No, God's not that kind of God. God is a God of goodness. Now listen, verse 18. Of His own will beget us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits 
of His creatures. Now notice, verse 18 has to do with the highest and best of all God's gift to His people. That's regeneration. That's salvation. Regeneration is a gift of God, which at once supplies man's deepest want and satisfies all that is godly in his nature. I never thought that I would ever love to read the Bible. I never thought that I'd love to pray and I would like to talk about God and I'd like to be around godly people before I got saved. I didn't want to be around them kind of people. But then I got saved and I want to be around good people. I want to be around godly people. And so the highest order is that that God gives man is regeneration and salvation. I know that I deal with a lot of people that say, if I get saved, I'm going to lose. My friends, I'm going to lose. And they talk about losing. I've never lost anything. I've gained. I've gained more friends and more goodness in my life since I got saved than I ever had before I got saved. Now, the new birth is a necessity because man comes into the world deluded of the principles of spiritual life. Regeneration does not consist in reformation. It is a new birth the recreation of the whole soul after the image of God through the infusion of a new spiritual principle. It involves a new heart, a new self, a new uh, character, a new life. That's the new birth. Now the source of this gift, whereas all creation resides, the power that can renew the soul. It's not a man himself. No one's new birth is his own act then. Where does this new birth come from? Who performs the miracle of regeneration? Such a change can only be affected by the power of Almighty God. Now, as a pastor and, and dealing with people down through the years, I've heard people say, well, I want to turn over a new leaf. I'm going, to, I'm going to change my life. Well, you can do that, but it won't last. It won't last. It'll, it'll come back. Your old habits will come back and everything if you do it. But when God does it, it's an everlasting thing. I've had people to give up their cigarettes and give up their drinking and everything by themselves. I'm talking about unsaved people. I want to change my life because of my wife and family. I want to do this because of my wife and family. Or they'll give some reason that they're going to change your life. But if you do that on your own, pretty soon you'll come right back to it. And the Bible makes it very plain that this gift of regeneration has to come from God. Now watch this. We are born of the Spirit. And what causes God to confer this invaluable blessing? He gives it of His own free will. We don't deserve it. I love, I was reading uh, the Bible the other night. I'm I'm reading it through and and I come to this place and, and God told the children of Israel, I did not choose you because you were a big nation, a great nation, a mighty people. I chose you because you were in number and few. There were few of you. The least of the men on the face of the earth, the least of the nations. I chose you. Not because of your goodness. And you got to remember something. God don't choose you because you're good. God chooses you because He loves you. As His own free will, He chooses you. God is not constrained to give it by fate. God is not moved by fitful impulses. God is not incited by any deserving on our part because we have none. It is God's nature to love, bless, and bestow and give gifts upon the undeserving. 
I like to be around giving people. You know, I, I've often said this, and I and, and dealing with people all these years, I found two classes of people in this world: givers and takers. You know that? There's givers and takers in this world. There is some people that all they do is go around, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. They just want everybody to give to them. And then there's other people that just give the shirt off their back, it seems like sometimes. They're so kind and gentle and they want to help people. That comes from God. That, that giving spirit comes from God. Now, it's God's nature to love, to bless, and to bestow gifts of grace upon the undeserving. Man's will and union with lust generates sin and death. Watch verse 15. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So we know then that man's will in union with lust bringing forth death. Now, the will of the Father of lights imparts new life to the dead soul. What is the instrument of this gift? By the word of truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of grace contained in Scripture. While the Holy Spirit is the agent in regeneration, He employs the word as the instrument. Let me watch this, please. All those Scriptures are charged with moral power. Man's understanding is so blind and his affection so corrupt that they could never by themselves impart life to any soul. Man, man can't do it. I was I just preached a funeral a week before last, and this elder lady come up to me and said, Pastor, you're the one that saved my, soul, uh, my husband's soul. You saved his soul. And he's in heaven tonight. And I knew what she's talking about. And at that time, I didn't have time to explain it to her. But I can't say nobody. I can't impart that to nobody. But I can lead her to the one who can, of course. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's God, the only one that can impart regeneration. Now, in the hands of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of grace becomes living and powerful. The Word is needed in regeneration as the means of calling our attention to new thoughts and feelings and new desires of the new life. Only in connection with apprehension of revealed truth can a man begin to believe the Gospel and love the Savior or in any way become himself godly. You know, I meet people all the time. I want to change my life. I want to be different than I was. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife or a better uh, son or a better daughter. And they, they'll start out trying to. And the Bible makes it very plain. You know where it comes from? If I could get people to read this Word and believe it's the Word of God, just read it. And I tell people all the time, and son say, don't try to understand everything in it. You can't. All right, just read it. Just read it and read it and read it. And after a while, the Holy Spirit will take that word and deal it to your heart. And the Holy Spirit will bring you to the Lord Jesus Christ, which can change you. So it's through the word, by the work of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ coming to your heart and changing you. That's what makes you a new creature, and that's regeneration. Now, the purpose of the, this gift, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Just as the first fruits of the harvest and the first fruits of man and beast were dedicated to God under the Hebrew ceremonial law, 
Now watch this. If you go back and study the law, and I've been doing that a lot in Leviticus and so on this past this week. And I've been reading all the things. Boy, I'm so glad I'm under grace. Amen. You go back and understand what all you had to do under law. Man, I'm glad I don't live under law. I live under grace. But one of the things that God taught, if you had a son and your son was the first one born in that family, that belonged to God. If you had a daughter, that belonged to God. If you had a cow and it had a calf, that calf belonged to God. If you made a dollar, a first dollar you made, that belonged to God. Everything, first fruits, belonged to God. It belonged to God. He said, that's mine. I give it. And now, wait a minute. What's he talking about here then? That we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. We are to be the first fruits of the church of the firstborn then. We are to devote to the Lord. We are to be dedicated to the Lord, uh, wholly given over to Him as His gift. I don't dread serving the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. You know why? Because He first loved me. I don't dread loving the Lord back. Why? Because He first loved me. And the more He loves me, the more I want to love Him back. And I find something in. I'm a kind of first fruits. Amen? I never will forget right after I got saved. I was working with Shell Oil Company, the Superdome Shell Oil Company. And before I got saved with one thing, after I got saved with another, and I go back out on the job afterwards, and everybody noticed the difference in me. And they called, started calling me deacon because I, I would talk to them about the Lord and, and talk to them about the things of God. And uh, first thing you know, they were sitting over there eating their dinner, and I'm sitting over here by myself. But later on, when God called me to preach, years later, uh, one of the family members would get sick, or they get in the hospital, or one of them would die, and guess who they call? They call me. You know why? They noticed the difference. They knew something happened to me from where I was to where I was. I was unsaved and I got saved. Something happened to me. I wasn't the same person anymore. This is a kind of first fruits. What that means is that you get saved, you are a testimony to somebody else. Somebody's watching you. And you're a first fruit and somebody's watching you. And God wants to use you as His testimony to somebody else to get saved. Did you know any saved person? And, and this is what I don't understand about some preachers and some churches that they think that only learned people that's been saved for years, have been studying the Bible for years, can lead other people to saving faith in Christ Jesus. That's not so. Any born-again person can lead somebody else to Christ. And you don't have to, don't have to be saved for years and years to do it. God speaks through you. It's not by your great learning. God speaks through you. And you can be a testimony. You're a little stammering and stammering and trying to do the best you can. God uses that. And He'll lead other people to Himself through you because you're the first fruits. And God will use you to get somebody else saved. Amen? I'm so thankful for that. Amen. I'm so glad I'm saved tonight, aren't you? Glad you're all here too. Don't you quit coming. I need you. The church is doing good right now. The Lord's blessing all over. But let's just keep praying. I'm so concerned about our country and, and closing a lot of the churches. I cannot believe what I'm hearing 
um, from people all across our country that people just quit coming. I told a preacher this this week. I said, I don't care. I'm going to open the church door and we come into church. Why? Because I want to be a testimony. I want somebody to know there's one place that you can come and have church and serve the Lord right on. Amen? That's first fruits. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, bless your people tonight. We're so thankful we're born again, your children. And if you'll go with us out of this place, watch over and keep them. Keep us, dear Lord, and bless those that need your hand on them right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.